in the middle of the jungle with Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. It was Marlon's last job. And I'll never forget this one time. The stadium was, it wasn't too far away from the rehearsal compound, but it was significantly far. And the, the heavens opened up. The deluge. I just remember this sight of just Paula going crazy. Just this whirlwind of noise pushing this massive car full of costumes. The whole heavens opening up and you were just screaming. It's like a wet t-shirt It's a wet t-shirt competition. Like, competition. Really gave him something. Innovation isn't about technology and being innovating in your creativity isn't that. It's about the attitude that you have. It's about the spirit that you hold. And, and you've got that. You're like, how can we do this better? Or how can I look at it differently? Or maybe exactly the way it is, is perfect. But so I did get locked up in um, Lahore, didn't I, in Pakistan. I heard this story. Yeah. And I rang BK, who was my producer, who's also Dan's producer on this job history. I was like, B, I've been locked up. He's like, oh, darling, I'm sure you'll sort it out. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. In the studio today, Dan, who do we have? We have the amazing Paula Ryan. You keep talking about this Paula Ryan, Paula Ryan, so lovely to see you, but I don't know enough about her. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> I was, I was all, slightly all, nervous all, about where this is going to go I, for All this I got one. told was you're both Aussie. Well, so you that's going to... You two are Aussie. I'm going to need subtitles for this one. <laughs> ah, no, you've been around enough of us to understand. Especially, we need yeah. to, We need you subtitled. That's actually very true, actually, because <laughs> yes. nobody understands what <laughs> no I'm speaking about. No one understands Mancurian. <laughs> <laughs> Right, calm down. <laughs> Welcome to the studio, Paula. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to have you. Now, Dan, I'm going to let you take the intro on this one. Yeah, I mean, this is somebody who I've got a lot of respect for. We've worked together on quite a few jobs recently mm. on many different things and somebody who has a, a, definitely a story to tell. Um, Paula, what is your story? Wow. <laughs> you gonna, you gonna, gonna, gonna Gee, he did it. He did it. He did it. I completely like, deflected that one. Completely. Really? I was like, once upon a time. <laughs> when I was seven. In the past. <laughs> in the past. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we, we're from the world of entertainment and events, and this is what primarily this podcast is about. And, you know, we yeah. talk about creativity and stuff. And, you but know, it's like that thing. It's like, you know, okay, what's, did, did you always want to work in entertainment? You know, you used to. I did actually. I'm going to link this all nicely together mm -hmm. when i decided i wanted to work in entertainment was when i was sat in the audience for the sydney olympics and i was watching the cauldron get lit by kathy freeman and it stopped halfway up the track <gasps> yes that's but that was a show you worked on i did work on that show i was the head of costume on you had a costume on that show it was my first job i did which was over thirty thousand people <laughs> 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 Every job before then was twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Everything else before was less, yes. But that was a, that was a pretty epic show. It was, and that was one of the first. It's still the biggest one I've ever done. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. How many people were on it? Thirty five thousand. I dressed. Thirty five thousand between wow. opening and closing. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Well, that's insane. mental. I thought when you said thirty five. I slept 000. in the car park. <laughs> in my car, <laughs> quite a lot. How often? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> hang on a minute. So hang on. I never even. I'm actually shocked. I'm I never sure knew that. Sure, it was. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-five thousand. I think I, someone counted it. I was with a producer that was one of the producers on it not very long ago, and we both laughed because it was like, how stupid we were to think that we could do that. Anyway, but, you but we did. did it, but we did. But, but that was one did. of the best ceremonies ever. It's pretty wild. It was pretty yeah, yeah. It was incredible. But that's, that's nuts, though, because like the the whole reason I got into events was also opening ceremonies. Was it really? Which yeah, one? I just any of them. Like, I, I never watched the Olympics. I only ever watched the opening and closing ceremonies. That's yeah, all right. I cared about. 
Because they're incredible. That's all I cared about. The first one I ever actually watched from home, I remember, was Barcelona. And that was one of our friend Barbie. She was a volunteer in that one. That's that was right. awesome. That was it like wasn't a really the second one. Because I don't know if it was the second one. Oh, really bad at dates and when they all come together. <laughs> they're all the same like, now. It's just four it years. One. So it's the, was Athens like 2004? Athens, Athens was 2004. And then you, you, you were Sydney a volunteer. Was a volunteer. Yeah, and I was head of costume on you that. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, cost. were you? I yeah. loved how's it. The, how's the light look? So this is oh the thing. Oh my God, I loved it. It's really weird. It's not everybody kind of like comes together and knows each other eventually but that was a conversation I was having with Nikos and a good friend of ours mm. who hopefully we'll get on a podcast one day I've just um, been working with Nikos all weekend and we, I, we worked on the games with him in Athens yeah. as well Athens yeah. was beautiful it was it amazing was it was beautiful. so sophisticated yeah. And, yeah oh my god so those costumes were you no, 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 no. I just, I was just the head of costumes. I okay. give that all to the Greeks. Okay. That's there. The Greeks you know. did well. The Greeks they did a beautiful so job. They really did. So what other stuff have you done? Because obviously you worked, you were stuck well Hold in on, your can past. I, can I, can oh, I, I, I always I'm, go I'm going to do it. Yeah, you've gone deep too quickly. How'd you get into this? Where did you start? Like, Only you everything asking... I've ever wanted to do in my life. I was one of those fortunate human beings. That, that was it for me. Since really? I was a kid. Always wanted to do costumes. Yeah. Wow. Not fashion. Never fashion. Always wanted to do costumes, which is kind of weird because yeah. very rarely you meet someone who goes, I thought I wanted to do this as a child and I'm still doing it. Still doing in it. In the future. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. So, yeah, I feel really fortunate about it. Yeah. That I loved, wanted to do something so badly and still want to do it so badly. And I love it. I still love how it. How did you get into it? I went to school. I did fashion design because there was no, at that time, there was yep. no kind of theatre design schools yep. anywhere. I did fashion design. Took what I could out of fashion design, like the bits that were relevant to yeah. what I needed to know about costume. And in Melbourne at a place called Box Hill Tech. No way. Yeah. Ah. And then I, yeah. I went to RMIT like, to do a bit of Of course. Stuff. Yeah. And then I went, then I got on a train with my car and I went to Sydney and I hustled and I finally got a film and I went to and did a film for eight weeks. Still there 30 years later. What wow. was the film? What was that film? That film in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember. But you've done a lot. You've done movies and ceremonies. You've done all sorts. Mm, yeah, well, I started from the film industry, really. That was my thing. Oh, I started okay. off in the, you know, in the workroom. I was the... Cutter. Really? Yeah, Stitcher and the Cutter. It used to make all the period costumes. and the... So I understand the whole. Nice. From the beginning to the what end. What was your favourite show that you did? It's hard. See, it's hard yeah. really, isn't it? You know, to talk about what's your favourite show. Because usually your favourite show at the other end, when you've forgotten about all the, all bad, the pain. But yeah, the pain. Uh, well, let me. Is, is a different story. What well, about the one that pops into your mind? <laughs> Okay, so I've got a quite. There's some funny stories. Dan's, Dan's heard a few of these, but I did it. a job with um, in the middle of the jungle with. <laughs> Here we go. I already love it. <laughs> in the middle of the jungle with Marlon Brando <gasps> and Val Kilmer. It was what? Marlon's last job. I never knew that. Oh my god! Yeah, oh my god! Val, 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 Kil Val Kilmer when he looked good. Have you seen oh, him yeah. recently? See no, Tuesday. it's not, not good. good. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's ugly, man. <laughs> On the inside and out. Yeah, the middle line. He's horrific. He's horrific, yeah. I bet he's really He's bad. horrific. Yeah, yeah, he's horrific. But I did it with a very dear, who's passed now, she died a couple of years ago, famous costume designer court, and I was her assistant, called Norma Morrisot. She was the first person that did Mad Max, and yes. she started Hello Magazine in London. She was friends with the Westwoods and the, wow. the Viciouses and mm -hmm. the, all that kind mm -hmm. of paint mop. She was fabulous. Anyway, she, I did this job with her. <laughs> 
And uh, Marlon was a bit late and uh, coming to the jungle. Anyway, so, Mo, um, so Norms and I would do this. She was, ooh, Pauls, what do you think? Would it be so marvellous? We, we, if we just put him in some underwear and some white wellies <laughs> and just like a see-through kimono with some lipstick on. I'm like, oh, that sounds terrific. Norm. Let's do it. <laughs> anyway, he was very happy to wear that and do that. And, you know. Liked my lipstick, so you just sit with him and put lipstick on all day in his caravan. <laughs> Was it the shade you're wearing now? Yep, same shade. All these they years later, red matte, all over the matte place. ruby red. <laughs> <gasps> it's my favourite matte yeah. ruby red. Anyway, yeah. he liked it. it was that's, 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 that's my you know, signature stupid too. Stupid jobs. So hard, but sort of never really made it blockbuster, mm. but it's bloody hilarious when you so look at it. So you got to hang with Marlon Brando. You can't sneeze at that. In, in the jungle, in his underpants, wellies, and Mac Ruby Red, people. <laughs> Sounds like a couple um, of days. I didn't want anybody yeah. to touch him with the makeup because I just like that zinc cream stuff that you people have in Australia. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. The three colours, remember? You should watch it. It's called The Island of Dr. Moreau. It's absolutely Oh, I know the movie. I haven't seen it, but I'll have to. I know the movie. I've heard of it. And then how does one go from dressing Marlon Brando to uh, the Olympics? I think I've had enough of the film industry and I was doing, I'd sort of, it sort of worn a bit thin on me. Mm. And um, David Atkins rang me, or somebody oh. rang me, I can't remember who it was, and said, Would you just go for an interview? And the interview was, <laughs> Have you ever dressed 30,000 people before? And I was like, you No, really? have you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody else. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like what? First question. Mm. And what was the answer? No. It's no, it's have like you? We're all on the same boat together, aren't we? We're all going to sink or swim together, really, aren't we? So. But you definitely swam because that was an yeah. incredible show. It was fun. I could, and then I think I got the bug then. I really yeah. loved it. And, um, what were some of the highlights from that one? Because I, I remember that ceremony briefly in my past. I was like 18 years old, I think about time. Um, it was a beautiful show. Yeah, there I think really I just like really making stuff well. that, you know, the stuff with the with the Indigenous was insanely yeah. beautiful and going to a nine-storey car park and seeing all the women sitting there naked and just singing themselves wow. in, a car, in a concrete car park, singing wow. themselves into a stadium is pretty special. So from all the conversations that we have, for which there are many, and it's generally over multiple glasses of gin or mm. wine... Like you definitely get into the the deep, the authentic cultural into side the culture. of I every like to side of things that into you the do. Culture. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Well, I think it's important. It's like I mean, well, nowadays I travel the world, don't I? So yeah. I'm not in Sydney doing stuff, and I've ever since that day I've kind of haven't really been back. Oh, well, I have been back. I'd go to visit my children every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Th- those people. <laughs> They visit you on jobs. I've seen them they on jobs. They like to come to a job. They really <laughs> they, do. They come around the world with you and as well. And they like to leave the job and go somewhere else. Um, I mean, the, the, the children are not children. They're like all over 18, yeah, by the way, just well, to clarify. in the 30s, actually. So it's quite time. <laughs> Nobody panic. Don't send the cops on me. It's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> they are getting fed. <laughs> uh, so I just think I, uh, I like that. I love that thing of like you say you travel the world and then you get I get sent to really strange places, you know. Cool. So you have to dig deep to find the answers that you need to produce what is respectful 
And that's really important for you because you really do go deep. And, you know, I remember we did jobs in Jakarta and stuff together. That was the first time I ever met you. And we were working on that one. And, like, you know, you were working with, like, Maseko and the team and really got to understand the culture. Went to islands and, you, you know, where they, yeah, yeah, where they, you know, wherever they wove the fabric, I went to to wow. talk to the people that wove the fabric to understand that was a true story what I was getting. And, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Really love it. It keeps my passion for costumes alive really to actually yeah, get so, to the but, source but it's great because you, you're going you're going into the past to go into the future yeah which is beautiful are, that's right you have to visit the past yeah. to come to the future yeah which yeah. sort of uh innovation well yeah that's what we've all been talking about and again yeah for us it's not just about that, that authenticity i feel like a broken record sorry i keep saying no. innovation it's all right it's all right but for us it's like you know we, we want to like you know have those conversations about those authentic moments and stuff and you know we were talking off air briefly Many people just see costume as a thing that people wear, but actually it goes much deeper than that. And there's so much more involved in all of that. Um, yeah, well, a lot of preparation to, goes well, into it. When you start, well, if you do what I do, which is different countries, cultures, and you mm. have to be respectful of that and you're not from that culture, you have to start with the history and the mm. research and, the, and then from there you have to go to the weavers or the makers or the, you know, to find, a, to, to get them to a point and then sometimes you like to say to them, can we do a trick with can that, we do that you've more, not yeah. ever done? But can we do more like what we did in Jakarta? Or yeah. is, that, is, that the, is that the video you showed me? So no, no so the, the video I showed was from when you guys did the, the ceremony in Baku for the European Games. Oh, for the with skirts? Because that was the thing. I was going to say, it's one thing to create costumes. It's another thing to bring the costumes to the life the way you've done. Like that's that's what when when Dan showed me, I'm like, shit, that's really fucking cool. And like, everybody that's thinks that's really just cool. Like, um, Everyone thought that CGI. was CGI. Yeah. No way. Most people think it's CGI. Yeah. But what was the story behind that? And there's something like twenty thousand different print files. Twenty-seven thousand print files. Individual print files. Individual print files. That's just mind blowing. How do you it even do that? It was really kind of. It was. <laughs> <laughs> you can swear. <laughs> A lot of wine. A lot of pajama wearing. <laughs> Even walking down the streets in, in your pajamas, just going somewhere, not realizing you're even in your pajamas. <laughs> well, because you're not and slept. sitting in hotel rooms in Turkey, because a lot of it was all produced in Istanbul. Yeah, and we'd sit in these hotels, and there'd be like six of us, and we'd all have dollies made out of like wine glasses, and we'd have skirts around, <laughs> and we'd have our print files. And go, oh fuck! And it didn't like, work. Oh, that must be mine. You put that over there. It was like a jigsaw puzzle. Till we finally got but you there. finally got there. Yeah. It was incredible. But how'd you get to that? How'd you get to that idea? Vodka. Uh, no, no, that wasn't my idea. That's, that's also... So I did the Athens Games with um, Dimitri Papanawi. Yeah, one of them. And uh, he also was the creative director of the... Uh, the uh, at Baku European Games, okay. and when I got there, it was already that gauntlet was thrown. So at he, my he'd come up with a concept there. and then said, "Make it happen." He's like, "I don't know why you're here. <laughs> we hated each other last time. Why are we doing this again?" <laughs> but the reality, the reality is that only you two could ever do that. Yes, he, he thought that it was impossible, but we did it. Wow. Yeah, but you like that challenge. I love that challenge. Because if somebody turns around to you and says that's impossible, you're like, "Watch me." Yeah. You do it all the time. I really like that. And I also like that thing of like, that's a really lovely dance you're doing there, but <laughs> I can make that really fun. People, which yeah. is what we did in 
in so Jakarta. yeah, in Jakarta. Yeah. So yeah, the first time we ever met, literally, I think I just landed and you were in the table next to me and we were working up in Somerset House in the penthouse and everyone was going, oh, you need to chart the salmon dance. I was like, I have no idea what the salmon dance is. <laughs> I think I'd only just charted like once or twice before and it's like, oh, you need to put 1,600 people on this grid. So we started to look at it and then Paul was like, hmm, I've got some ideas. Mm, I like to make a lotus flower. <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> so I was sat there trying to figure out how to make a lotus from 1,600 people <laughs> kneeling down on the floor. And I was like, okay, I'm not too sure. And I'd already sold it to the head of the everything. And they loved it. <laughs> so essentially we ended up creating this whole segment, which is a story in itself, which we'll get to in a minute. But it was 1,600 people. And it was females doing the salmon dance, which is traditionally done by men. It's traditionally done by men. And it is a body percussion dance made, yeah. done by men, which is, a, it's very ceremonial. And it's very, it's, very derived Islamic. from uh, Arche, yeah, yeah which so is their southernmost state, which is very Islamic, yeah. So there was lots wow. of controversy that we got these women to do it because it should have been men. Yeah. And then to add a layer of complexity onto that, there was this whole quick costume change where each individual person was doing different choreographies and they would reveal a different panel of the costume, which would then create these batik patterns, which were essentially the, the patterns of Indonesia. Yeah, so it was, was like the lotus flower or yeah. there were squares or that we just did different and every time... So you'd have no girl, no girl had one like a, a, a exactly the same set wow. on. Everybody was a completely set of different colours. So and it's one thousand six hundred. So then we were doing the charts, and you know we'd we'd done a, a night of copious amounts of alcohol. I think sat on your floor in the kitchen. My said that to me the other night. Do you know what she said to me? She's like, Remember, it's like that day that you know that you and Dan and I did the charts for all those salmon dances. It was pizza breakfast because <laughs> you two were so hungover. <laughs> so literally, all of my pizza for breakfast. I think we we, and we were, I shouted at both of you. You shouted at me quite a lot that day. Um, we were literally up until I think about 5 a.m. And then at 8 a.m. I get a phone call, where the hell are you? And I was like, what do you mean? Like up, bright as anything, we need to go through the charts. And going through the charts means that you're going through 1,600 people continuously to understand that each is individual costume is the right sequence. Yep. So I was hammered still going through it. And you can't make any mistakes in these things because people have to produce the costumes. Mm. And Mobes, who's awesome, also slightly mental. Shouting at me. Shouting at me. Okay, bib number one, red, red, yellow, purple, yellow. Bib so number two. <laughs> like, and after, I got through about 30 of them and I was chucking up over the side of the balcony. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this because I was just literally looking at these charts going like, these are just And she's barking, not the, yeah, the colour. So anyway, then I had to get like, everyone was just feeding me pizza all day. And then we did the show and I made two mistakes. That was it in the whole thing. And that actually wasn't my fault. It was choreography. They missed the, the cue. But it was good. In the show? Yeah. If you did look, we? If you look, not we. We never. <laughs> <Choreo> <laughs> day, no, you oh, never. Oh, you oh, never. I wouldn't. Choreo, no, you never made any mistakes. Choreo Day. There was two people which didn't come up at the right time on the photograph. <gasps> That's right. That was it. Ruined I everything. I remember, I remember on the night of the rap party, we were like, oh my God, that was the most amazing thing. And Paula came up to me and went, you still ruined it. <laughs> Like, all right, like, it's the most amazing thing that Indonesia had ever seen. It's like, yeah, anyway, that was a good time, yeah, yeah. But there's been more, oh, yeah, there's been more, has there there? Has. More? yeah. Uh, I mean, something about a possum, oh, yeah, we were oh, that was the earlier, com that's when, yeah, I was on that one, but we were talking earlier about that whole authenticity, and we were having dinner around at yours the other night, and you were talking about that whole thing where they. You you go, you have a thing about going into people's world, mm. and out of everybody on a team cultures accept you in as one of their own mm. and that was the story you were talking about the possum code yeah and what was that from the com games that was com games in melbourne and i was so i had like i think i had like 80 elders dressed in possum skin coats and that's like which, aboriginal and they're called murrays or indigenous yeah the murrays 
and they're from like the Murray, Murray River. So that's like so it's like where it's cold. So they have possum skin coats, and in, like they stitch possums together. And inside they have the fur on the outside, and on the inside they will paint their story of their family or wow. their or their mob or whatever. But usually their mob or their family. Anyway. No white man is allowed to see the inside. That's a very personal thing, the inside of the coat. You only see the outside of the coat. So um, I was not the custodian. So, that, so we had 80 of these elders and they'd bought their possum skin coats and I had also employed a custodian to each one of the elders with the possum skin coat. So the possum skin coat and the elder and the custodian would come to the MCG and we would rehearse and then they would all go home with the possum skin coat, the custodian and the elder. At the same time I was being told I had to go to, oh, I can't remember, it's in Flinders Street and it's a beautiful Indigenous centre there. Um, anyway, it's got a big tree built in the middle of it. It's amazing. Anyway, I was told to go to there for afternoon no? tea twice a week. Anyway, so I went on for weeks, twice a week, I'd go have tea, afternoon tea to make sure that, you know, I could be part of the gang, even though I'd been working for Rotor Roberts mm-hmm. for years and done a thousand, you know, Indigenous ceremonies. Um, anyway, so in the end it was like, okay, so yes, you, that's okay. We're happy for you to just be part of that. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've been doing it. Anyway, then the following night they went and had a, you know, a rehearsal and at the end of it they just dumped all their possum skin coats on my desk. It's like, no, 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 This cannot stay here. I don't, I can't, I can't have that responsibility. It's like, no, miss, you'd be fine. Mrs. you're out, you know, auntie, you're out for us. Your family now. <laughs> but she's not really great, you know. It's like, but anyway, it's fine. But anyway, what I, what I in the end I was allowed to do was I asked him if I could photograph them. My brother's a photographer, so he came with me and we photographed them at the Institute and with all of the women just in, like, the day wear wow. and these beautiful possum skin coats now that hang in the gallery. Nice. Yeah, beautiful wow. story. These are incredible memories. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice that you go that deep into that culture and they accept you and bring you in and... Yeah, just stuff like normal people don't get to experience and the, yeah, the stories behind it. It's true, actually. I think it, I'll probably take it for granted. It's, it's I'm the just whole, cruising but, but like everything, the way, the way that you talk, the way that you attitude toward your work, the way that you are inspired to do your work, like to me is innovation isn't about technology and being innovating in your creativity isn't that. It's about the attitude that you have. It's about the spirit that you hold. And, yeah. and you've got that. You're like how can we do this better or how can I look at it differently or maybe exactly the way it is is perfect. But don't you think it's also important not to be so I mean, innovative? Innovation is mm-hmm. amazing and fabulous. And I'm but what, all if, what, for what it. do you, to you? What but is innovation? But also that thing of like you know, don't you think that you need to bring to open the world's eyes? Mm. Of, again, I'll go to the past and the future. Mm-hmm. It's about the past, so that you know people forget about that and they forget about their cultures and they forget about that stuff. And you really need to keep that world alive because if you don't keep that alive, even for their What's own the point? culture, yeah. But that's a, but the, that's the thing that I'm saying. To make them proud again. Yeah, but yeah. The, that's the thing we've been doing. We've sort of flipped the word innovation on its head a little bit. Right. You know, because we were saying that everyone just assumes that it means future, future, future. Yeah. It means yeah. technology, technology, technology. And what we're saying is no. What we're seeing is it's it's the dare to be different and to 
go back into the past to bring it to, into the future is daring yeah. to be different. Yeah. You're saying, hold on a minute. Yeah, that's great. You, you want to stick people in, you know, take them into AI world and this, yeah. that, and that. You do I that. the shit out of yourself. Yeah, do whatever you, know, you like, but mate, I'm going to be... But like, you I've really got the story. To, but, if, you know, but have you ever... Do you, do you Have you ever, has anybody exactly. ever seen this stuff before? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's what look I love about it. Look forward. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Sorry, create I, some awesome shit. I just joked on the fact that you told everyone to AI uh, the shit out of themselves. themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. how oh, we just roll. I'm so sick of hearing about AI. <laughs> oh, exactly. So, anyway, I think that's very cool. It is awesome. So, then, as we're talking about innovation and future stuff, like, what next? I mean, you've done it, you've seen it all. Where do you like. <gasps> I need what? to build a house. <laughs> that's the whole reason why you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the innovation, taps and tiles. <laughs> That's the motivation. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you were saying previously that you, you're very fortunate that this is the job that you wanted to do from the beginning. You know, you've always wanted to yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, you know, we all get a little bit tired and jaded and, you know, we've seen it, we've done it. No. But what keeps you going? I think it's just that because it's like, because you're not, because it's constantly changing, isn't it? There's it? always a story it's like to every tell. Every six months or every year it changes. Yeah. a different story yeah, to there's tell. There's always a story yeah. to tell. And it's tell. about storytelling too, isn't it? It's like, it's that whole thing of... yeah telling a country story in a movie you're telling somebody else's story it's like you're always telling a story i kind of like that world of and you think you'll be doing this forever yes all the way into the future (laughs) (laughs) where where there will be no ai anymore (laughs) (laughs) so if there's for for the next generation that are really sort of wanting to get into costume design and want to get into this area what what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? How would you inspire them? Or would you tell them to <laughs> run Oh, no. I think, I think if, you, if you really love it and you really do and, you, and you're interested, completely interested and dedicated to it, it's bloody hard work. Mm. It's physical. It's incredibly physical when yeah. you're younger. It's physical for me even today. I've got a story which I'm going to go <laughs> to in a minute. So like, well, we, whilst we're talking about physical, like we'd only known each other I for a have no problem. problem about wheeling racks or Here we go, here we go. Or doing anything like that. Well, I'm you not can't precious. Be in the, you so cannot be in this industry if you get if you don't. We've been working together on like the, the Asian Games in Jakarta. I think I'd only known you for like a, a couple of months by this point. We were in the stadium anyway. And for anyone that's been to Jakarta, like it rains a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it was tropical. And I'll never forget this one time. The stadium was, it wasn't too far away from the rehearsal compound, but it was significantly far. And the, the heavens opened up. The deluge. I just remember this sight of just Paula going crazy. Just this whirlwind of noise, pushing this massive car full of costumes. The whole heavens opening up and you were just screaming. It's like a wet t-shirt competition. It was a wet t-shirt competition. They could see really everything. gave him something. And then you were literally just like furious with everybody. Yeah. Because nobody came to help you. No, not one person. <laughs> anyway. Bless them. But going back to your point about the, the future. Inspiring. About Inspiring people. the next generation of kids. Yeah. But you've been, it's hard work. I think it's hard work. I think you have to understand. I think it is about that. I think it's not about pretty pictures and, you know, and pretty fabrics and can you make that for me. I think, And I also think you need to know, which is where I started. I think it's a very good thing to know. I'm not saying you have to. But you have to know from the bottom up. You know, it's like... It, yeah. it, it, to be the best at the top, I think you have to understand everybody's world, element. who is who is with you, working with you, to uh, yeah, who are your team, and you understand the world. You know, you know what the cutter's doing. You know how the how the stitches are stitching. Why are they stitching like that today? When it's like you know, 
So you understand everybody. You just don't walk in with a pretty picture. Yeah. Okay. I think you've got to love it. And how that fabric works. Yeah. I'm a massive fabric <laughs> head. That's like super scary really for most people that know me. But I, um, my thing about for the tactile part yeah. of the fabric for me is incredibly important. So it has to be gorgeous and fall right and be – so that's kind of challenging. Mm. And to know that is, in, is, is, is with, comes with enormous amounts of experience. Oh, you you literally go all over the world to find your fabrics. I do. I remember there was the times when you were literally – You get, were laughing about today someone sent did a fabric you sample in and Mobe said to me, oh, I know where that fabric is. It's in <laughs> Singapore. Paul's at our boyfriend's at <laughs> when we went to Singapore. Didn't did something happen to you in Shanghai that time when you went for all the fabric for Jakarta? Did you get stopped at immigration? Because you I've went been with... stopped at most immig- most places. Having oh like... yes, I did get locked up in in <laughs> where was like Shanghai? Yeah, because you went with like ten empty suitcases. And I just went with ten, it. and it was like a <laughs> what do you call it when it's like a um, when you have <laughs> like a duck urchin <laughs> when you have a duck inside goose inside a duck. There was like ten suitcases and stuffed they, inside they each other. Me away and I was like, what, "Where's your suitcase?" And I have my suitcase is on the carousel. And they go, "Open your suitcase." I open one suitcase, and there was an empty and next suitcase. Another suitcase. Another suitcase. Another suitcase. And that one was another one inside. Another one. It's inside. like the Russian dolls. And there was no actually no no clothing. There was nothing inside. They were freaking out. They're like, there's Why got are you to here? be Why something going on. Come to shop. Is this true as well? I'll be gone tomorrow. I'm just going to come and fill that suit. I'll be done in 20 minutes. When you did Baku or something, didn't you have to like smuggle things over I the went border? To, I did a lot of smuggling over the borders, but... Um, <laughs> just to clarify that. Just a lot of people that I've not Oh yeah, just, just shoes. <laughs> just shoes. Like, <laughs> sent a lot of people in the office that I haven't been fond of. Do you like to go to Greece on Friday? I go, yeah. I was like, great. So you be, if you could get the five o'clock flight to Athens friend of mine will meet you there They're like oh my god it's amazing and I don't tell them that she's actually got a suitcase and you'd be turning around again back Coming on that straight back. <laughs> <laughs> they never actually touched the soil everybody was on to me after a couple of months <laughs> the few is, but so I did get locked up in um, Lahore didn't I in Pakistan I heard this story yeah. and I rang BK who was my producer who's also Dan's producer on this job he's doing I was like, B, I've been locked up. He's like, oh, darling, I'm sure you'll sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> and just put the phone I down. In, I was literally in the jail, in the cell, in the Lahore airport for like nine hours. But you did sort it out. I did sort it out. I rang people that I knew in Lahore, funnily, the supplier that I was going to spend hundreds Your of dollars. boyfriend. Like thousands and thousands of dollars worth, tens of thousands. Oh. So a great industry to get into. I mean, definitely great. <laughs> Never a freaking dull moment. <laughs> Definitely this is the shit. But so that's how, if you, that's the inspiration. If ever you want to end up in jail, get into costumes. <laughs> get, get into costumes, do ceremonies. <laughs> Not like me, though. Don't do it. Yeah. But Definitely. going back to the original point, and I think, you know, Paul, you do this on every gig that you do. You always find the kids and the people that work with you on projects. The kids are good. That's my, it's one of my big things that I do in every country I go to. Find the kids, like the kids that want to do it. And, 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 you, and now I have, I don't know, six kids. That I've picked up over other okay. countries that wow. were just like not, not the juniors ones. or like the, you know. And they work with you and you. Yeah. yeah. And I take Do them all over t- the world. But would you, did you ever or have you taught about costume design, like as oh in, my God, would you ever, yeah, would you ever do that? Mind. I think it'd be freaking <laughs> awesome. I'd sit there with popcorn and watch. It would be <laughs> Paul, awesome. <laughs> Paul would forget the beer class. <laughs> I'd forget to go. <laughs> I don't 
I don't think I'd be very good. I don't think I would be. But clearly, you've got you've collected so much knowledge over the years. Yeah, you know, it's it's like aspiring costume designers would lap it up. Yeah, like they would they would really benefit from it. Like, sorry, they're giving a serious question here. How dare I? I I don't know if you know this as well, but I have a costume company in Istanbul. And I, I learned something new yeah. about you every second at the moment. <laughs> Fabric Empire. Yeah. I lived there for years. And I've got this company called Fabric Empire, which costume designers from all over the world come to me okay. and just hang out with me for a week and we just go shopping and do stuff and I make stuff. For okay, them. so that's awesome. And why you stumble? Because the well, because the industry there is still—it's mm. one of the only countries in the world the industry is still alive and well. And is it because fabric. all of the fabrics that you get, fabrics, like the silk shoes, road, hats, silk road, yeah, yeah. and yeah, weavers, everything, amazing. But like you're on personal like first name terms with the guy from the Grand Bazaar, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grand Bazaar, I'm like, you know, she's here, she's here, she's here. Yeah. Hiding out the back. I'm, I'm coming over for a drink. Yeah, let's go. go. It's kind of fun. After this show's over, let's go. Yeah. 100%. Awesome. Yeah. Paul, it's been a pleasure. It was really fun chatting. Thank you so much we for having me. Thanks for coming down. It was awesome. Anytime, anytime. And yeah, we're looking forward Look to forward much to more stuff. Look forward to your next stuff. show. <laughs> Cheers. The, the, next, the next going backwards to go forward story. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Without any AI. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded.